Welcome to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show. Here you will find a variety of podcasts from authors, bloggers, and speakers ready to encourage you on your daily journey. I can't wait to get started. And now let's listen to today's show. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join me, Katie Glennon, on the Literary Cafe podcast, where I share helpful tips and ideas to teach language arts, literature, and writing. My hope is for you to be able to walk away excited to try some new ideas in your own homeschool. Please visit me on my website, literarycafepodcast.com, for these ideas and resources to help you enjoy your homeschool journey. Welcome to another episode of the Literary Cafe Podcast. I'm Katie Glennon, your host, and I'm so glad you've joined us for today's topic, Book Reports Outside the Box. Remember, you'll want to download and subscribe to this podcast so you'll have it handy throughout the year when you're looking for ideas of what to do once you've completed reading a book. You also want to make sure you go to the website page of this episode for the show notes on everything we'll be talking about in one convenient place for you. And if you have any homeschool friends, you'll want to be sure to share the page with them to help them out too. So let's get started. Last month, we talked about motivating our reluctant readers, and I mentioned a large variety of activities and things you could do to get them more interested in reading. That was really geared more toward the younger readers, but I also mentioned that in this podcast, I was going to focus on book reports and share ideas that would focus on your upper elementary through your high school readers. Now, there are times where you want your learner to just read a book for the enjoyment of reading that particular book. You might want to even just talk about it a bit and why your reader enjoyed it and then move on to another book. Then there are times where you want your learner to learn or apply and practice a skill after reading a book. Or maybe you need to keep a portfolio of your child's work for your homeschool and you need some kind of project or written documentation to show what you've been doing in your homeschool. Now, these alternative book report ideas are great ways to engage reluctant readers in the upper elementary through high school ages, as well as add interest and variety to their assignments. And they're geared to different kinds of learners. So some of these activities are geared more toward visual, auditory, and then kinesthetic learners. You also use different levels and kinds of thinking skills, as well as intrinsic talents and interests of your learners in these projects that will keep them engaged in the process of learning from their reading experience. When I assign a book or my children pick a book for something other than just free reading, and it's really more for a school assignment, for literature, Um, or as part of our reading curriculum, I usually present my students when I'm in the classroom or my own children with different choices of activities that they can choose from after reading a book where I want them to do some kind of literary analysis or learn specific skills and concepts from that reading of that book. So I'll present these ideas to them uh, 
before they start reading so that they can get an idea of what they need to be looking for while they're reading the book. So they make a choice from the activity and then they read the book and complete the activity. The activity would focus on that skill and concept that I want them to learn about, some kind of literary element or story elements, literary devices, techniques that the writer used in the book. And it would focus on that particular skill or concept, but the activity would be geared toward the learner's reading styles and their personal interests and talents so that they'll be motivated and interested in completing this project or activity. Now, they're geared toward specific skills or concepts that are included, you know, in the literature of the book. And they're of a nature, though, where they're going to interest your learner. So let's start with some activities or project ideas for learners that are more visual. And I have a list of all of these suggestions and then the rest of the ones I'm going to be talking about in the show notes on the webpage at Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show, the Literary Cafe podcast, and also a printable list that you can have um, handy as well. So one of the first things that you might want to consider would be constructing a mobile. Um, the kind of mobile that you would see hanging from, I guess, a, a nursery over a crib where you've got pictures and maybe some kind of string or yarn and you have something to hang these pictures and string from either maybe a hanger or construct something with multiple sticks or dowel rods um, so that they're crisscross or and however many layers you want where you can hang these pieces of string in these pictures and then you can um, for the pictures you might want to have your reader look for symbols or something to um, draw or cut out and then paste on a piece of paper, little pieces of paper attached to the string that have a relationship to show maybe the theme of the story. And then you would discuss what theme means. And a theme is different than the main idea of a story. So you would want to look at the difference between those two. And then you would talk about, okay, and about this theme, what kind of pictures from the story come to mind that would let someone else know what the theme of this book was about when they look at your project. Or maybe the pictures can have something to do about the characters and the pictures that you choose to include in this pro in this mobile would have something to do with revealing who the characters are, what they physically look like, how they act, what their personalities are like. So you're you're looking at the mental and the psychological and emotional and physical aspect of the characters, or maybe the events that occurred in the book. So this would require a skill uh, where the your learner is going to have to pick out the most important events in the book and that would look at you know the cause and the effect of certain events and which ones were important and actually caused something to move the story along versus something that wasn't quite so important and really didn't have that much of a big impact. The idea of coming out with symbols or pictures to represent a theme is very abstract thinking. So that's another type of thinking skill that we're using there, as well as character analysis, where you're inferring what the character might look like or act like um, or think about or feel about, and you're inferring about that character from what your reader has read in the book. 
So these are all different levels and types of thinking skills that a project like this can include. So it's not just simply constructing an art project. So when you discuss and focus on the theme of the story, you want to look at how the, it relates to the book, and then you can focus on the characters, as I said, um, and do a character analysis. And along with that character analysis, you can even dive into the idea of static versus dynamic characters, where if a character has pretty much stayed the same from the start of the book to the ending of the book, that would be a static character. Or maybe the character developed and changed over time. Maybe they learned a lesson. Maybe the way they acted, maybe the way they were motivated by, by certain things uh, changed also uh, from the beginning to the end. Or maybe they really grew up. Maybe they started out as a very small child, and then by the end of the book, they were an older adult. That would be another physical change in addition to, you know, some sort of personality change, hopefully, that comes over them as they get older. And that would be considered a dynamic character. So you could really delve into some details about characters and use different literary terms and study what those literary terms mean, and then include that in this project. And then, as I said, you could also include the events that happen, the major events that happen in the story um, in this project as well, and hang them in, in pictures from strings. And in this kind of discussion, you can include what a plot is, what a plot map is, the idea of rising action, a climax, the falling action, the resolution, what the most important parts of the story, the events are, and um, their significance and the impact that they had on the rest of the story. So there's a lot here involved. You can include literary terms, such as what I mentioned with the rising action, the climax, and that kind of thing. So it doesn't have to be a thing where you're looking up a term, looking up the definition of a literary term, memorizing it, getting quizzed on it. You can include these kinds of things in a project. Um, another uh, option for a project that's a little bit different would be maybe an advice column, such as Dear Abby or Ann Landers. You, for a character analysis, that would be this would be a fun thing to do, where your child can write an advice column and focus on a main character, where the main character writes for advice about a conflict, and you can discuss what the term conflict is, what some what major conflicts were mentioned in the story, or the problem that a character encounters. That would be another term, you know, used instead of conflict, and then have that character write to this advice columnist about you know what is going on what he should what uh, what he should do uh, repercussions how they're feeling uh, and in this letter to this advice columnist your learner is revealing who this character is and because what they write reflects what kind of person they are and what is motivating them in the story so you're really looking into the character, doing a character analysis, but then instead of just writing an explanation about the character, you're doing it in a more interesting fashion by writing a letter to this advice columnist and pretending to be the character so that someone else who hasn't read the book can see who that character is from this letter. And going back for a second to the idea of the character writing about a conflict, that's a whole other area that you can look at with the literary uh, terms. 
there are different forms of conflict. There's internal conflict where it happens within the character. There's external conflict where the character is having some kind of a problem or a conflict with outside of himself with other characters. Um, there's different kinds of conflicts with nature versus man, society versus man, man versus man, and then the internal conflict of man versus himself. And those are like the four major ones that I usually try to cover. So that would be an example of delving even deeper beyond the book and learning some more about literature, but at the same time doing something a little bit different with the book uh, project. Something along the same lines as the advice column, you could do a character email or a letter exchange where you can have the characters reflect again who they are by writing as if you might be maybe two of the main characters. So your learner would pretend to be two of the characters writing back and forth and having them write emails or letters to one another. And then the topic of the email exchange can focus on maybe a main event in the story that impacted both of them. Or it could be a conflict that may be between these two characters. And again, you can see how when you write these, it would reflect the personalities and the motivations of these characters. And it would come out on paper so that someone who doesn't read the book would be able to see what these characters are like. And that's a really good way to see a character analysis. Um, you could also do something that... Um, the kids probably would really enjoy because it includes you know, the whole social media. You could do a character Facebook page. You, um, If this is something that you allow your children to do, same thing with Instagram. You could do some sort of social media of the main character. And again, it would be another way for character analysis where you could not necessarily, I wouldn't advocate starting an actual page on Instagram or Facebook and because they don't want you to do any fake personas. So I would just put it on paper and pretend that you're doing it online. But you could construct some sort of Facebook page for the character filling in all the information on paper that you would normally up on the website, like the about page, interest, education, work, and then include pictures and posts and statuses that the character might include on the Facebook page. And then as well as other social media, like maybe even Twitter or um, Instagram or what things that you might allow your, your child to do. And again, I wouldn't put a fake account up there, but I would put it on paper and construct it as though it was a web page on paper. Another idea would be a journal or a diary, and if you have that, would be one for a student who actually doesn't mind writing and might keep their own journal or diary. So this might this project might be for them. And you can see that again, you are reflecting the analysis of that character again, who is doing the journal or the diary. So you can see by these examples so far that there are a variety of ways to include a study about a literary aspect of the book and at the same time include what your particular learner might be interested in. And they're also completing a form of literary analysis of a certain type, could be character, could be plot, could be um, theme, um, without writing a typical essay. And they're also using a variety of thinking skills at different levels at the same time, as well as learning the different concepts of literary devices and story elements without having to do the whole 
memorization rote kind of thing. Now, another thing that you might want to do that would be written on paper, and this would be a valuable skill for your high schoolers, because that it would be handy for them to know, is writing a character resume in a cover letter. So you can pretend that your character is trying to apply for a particular job. And then, of course, you'd want that job to fit that character, you know, based on what was in the book. So you would want it to make sense. Um, if it's a character that isn't very reliable and you never know what this character is going to do, then maybe you could have fun and, and um, come up with some kind of crazy job. Uh, in the resume, you want to include the different talents and skills and traits that this character would possess that you can derive from the story or infer another thinking skill and put them in like the appropriate frame of framework of a resume. So this would be a great writing project. It's practical. It's something that all high schoolers really should learn how to do before they graduate. And at the same time, you're doing a character analysis. In the cover letter, you can have the character reveal his personality and motivation for the job application and um, include maybe some imagination if the, again if this character would allow you know a lot of creativity um, or just stick to the facts if this character is more cut and dry something for those learners who love to watch movies that are mysteries or they like the idea of being a detective or policeman or spy work your learner can pretend to be a detective or a spy who has put together some kind of a dossier of one of the characters. And obviously, when you do this, you really kind of want to stick to the main characters because not only are they the most important ones in the book, but they're going to be the ones that are easier for your learner to um, come up with some sort of an analysis because there's going to be more information in the book to help them infer information about the character. If they find it fascinating about one character that's in the book that may not be a major character and they want to do some kind of character analysis on that, that you're getting into some shaky ground because if there's not much information, they're really not doing a character analysis. They're doing something that's more like pretend, which based on the book, if you want to have your child stretch their imagination and do some sort of sequel, um, to what happens to this particular character character based on what happens in the book. That could be a fun project too. But as far as the dossier goes, um, with the character analysis of a major character, you can include written descriptions of the character, including physical and psychological characteristics and motivations, as well as background information about the character uh, that your learner infers from the story. And then they might want to also include pictures that they draw or maybe put together on the computer or cut out from magazines and so on, simulating photos that may have been taken by a detective who was watching their suspect. So, um, you know, you're in the bushes and you're watching the character and you're taking snapshots of the character's actions kind of thing. So your um, learner who enjoys the spies and the police work and that kind of thing, they may enjoy uh, putting together a character dossier. Another thing to look at would be point of view, and point of view has a lot of different aspects to it in literature, and a fun way to look at point of view is to maybe retell the story from a different viewpoint or a different point of view, and this would be, to, and it also at the same time, you're 
doing another character analysis, but you are learning the concept of point of view and the different ones with first person, second person, third person, then there's third person limited omniscient, and then there's third person omniscient. So you could be talking about the different terms with the different points of view, and then as well as looking at what point of view the story is told from, and when it's first person, is it the author actually narrating the story, or is there actually a main character that would be different than the author, and that's the narrator of the story, because there is a difference. Sometimes you can tell if the actual author is the narrator, or if the author has created a character who becomes the narrator of the story. An example of a story being told from a different point of view uh, than, the, than the, how the original was being told would be, let's say, The Three Little Pigs. And there is a book, a children's book, where it's told from the viewpoint of the wolf. And so it's a totally kind of different, it follows the same events where the wolf goes to the door with the pigs and all that kind of thing. But it tells it from the wolf's point of view and what he was what was really motivating him to go to the door and how he viewed what transpired with the pigs and it's a fun story where you're identifying the point of view of the wolf and the alternative uh, version from his point of view and that reflects his thoughts and his feelings of his character so you get really more of a, an idea of what this wolf is like and who he is and how he saw things so it, something like that would be fun to do if you wanted to pick a main character from the book you just finished reading and then have another character, maybe a, a foil, which would be an opposing main character, you know, another, uh, an opposing main character to your other main character. And the foil is usually one that would help you define your main character so that it's almost like they're the opposite or they have a contrasting personality to the main character. And the foil, because they're the opposite of the other person, it's almost like you can see more of a contrast in personalities and more of an emphasis on what that main character is like. So you can talk about who a foil might be if you have one in your book. Uh, another thing that you could look at would be the idea of the protagonist and an antagonist as the main characters and who a protagonist is, who an antagonist is. And then if the story is being told from the protagonist's point of view, which would is usually the good guy, then have the story be told from the antagonist. So this would be a summary, not rewriting the whole book. And again, that's another thinking skill or uh, types uh, level of a skill where you're summarizing and then retelling it and then retelling it from another point of view. So again, these thinking skills are being tied in at the same time that you're looking at something like a literary concept of a different point of view. Something else that is really fun if you've got someone who is not much of a writer um, and they want to just kind of do something with their hands, this would be more of a kinesthetic learner. Um, but also they like looking at things and they like the whole visual aspect. So you would want to maybe look into something like a symbolic time capsule or putting together a mini museum exhibit or a suitcase or a collection that would belong to a character. And with this project, you can either draw and cut out 
uh, or find and cut out or make out of different kinds of materials such as play-doh or fine little objects at home to represent represent a character or main characters in the story. So these little objects would be symbols or objects that reflect who the character is or reflect the theme of the story or the events that occurred in the story. So you can pick which one you want to focus on, whether it's character or theme or the plot and events. And then you can place these items in some sort of container as a time capsule or maybe a container for a collection or a suitcase. You can make a suitcase um, for the character. And then you can also, for a museum exhibit, you can put together some sort of little shelves out of a shoe box or a small box or a cereal box, and then pre pretend to put together this museum you know, exhibit with little display shelves and then the objects on the shelves, and you can make it a, a, as elaborate or little as you want. Um, but at the same time, when you do some kind of project like this with the hands, then you're going to want to have your child explain to you the significance of these objects. So there's some sort of a oral presentation involved with their communication skills and relaying their thoughts and explanations and justifying why they picked the objects they did. And again, this is a great skill for them to organize their thoughts and then be able to relate those thoughts to you in a clear and organized manner. They need to be able to explain why they picked the things they did and relate it back to the story as well as what it is you're looking for, whether it's reflecting the theme or reflecting the character or events in the story. Another idea for your kinesthetic learners would be maybe a 3D relief map. And that would be something that, you know, that would lay you know, on a piece of cardboard or a piece of wood or something flat, but then the 3D relief would have to be constructed out of some sort of material to show the geographic and physical features of different places within the story. So they would really have to infer what was going on and where and interpret from the written word something physically manifested into this 3D relief map, which again is a great skill to practice. And they really do have to understand what's going on in the book in order to construct something like this. And then another idea would be that um, after they construct this, then they need to be able to explain it to you and explain the setting and how the setting is part time and location and that the time and the location can influence the story and the events that happen in the story. It influences the whole theme of the story. You can't have a survivor type wilderness story if it's going to be on a street in Manhattan. That would be a different type of survival. Um, so it would influence the theme. It would also influence the events that happen. It would influence even the characters. You might find different characters in different time settings in different locations. So setting is time and place. And it can really influence the outcome of the story. So then your learner would explain the importance of the different physical features in this relief map and the setting and how it would influence all the different aspects within the story. The diorama idea is similar, in, except instead of a 3D relief map, you're reconstructing some kind of a scene or an event or even a few of them 
in maybe a shoe box or a bigger box or a flat piece of wood or cardboard, and you're constructing it again with different materials, maybe paper, paper mache, Lego, salt dough, Play-Doh, or maybe little toys around the house. And again, you would want to have them explain to you that the scene maybe reflects the character by what's happening in the scene and how the character is responding and what the character is doing. Um, or it would be a scene that's revealing an important aspect of the book and why that scene is important in the book and how it impacted the different characters and impacted the climax of the story or the resolution, which is the ending of the story. Another thing for your visual learner, and it's not so much as kinesthetic as visual, is to construct a photo album for your character, uh, for a character analysis or even photos depicting the most significant scenes from the story. And again, you can have the pictures include an emphasis on different elements of the story, depending upon what you focus on. It could be the plot or it could be theme. Put together uh, photos that would all relate to the theme. So depending upon which literary device or story element you want to include, that would be the type of focus you would have for these pictures for the photo album. Another thing would be a foldable display board. And these are the kinds of ones where they, you know, are trifolds and they usually stand up and you put them in science fair displays and they have three different sections you can put stuff on and they're made out of cardboard. You can get one of those and then maybe focus on just one element of a story and then have those three sections split up however you want. It could be character analysis, it could be plot, theme, literary elements used by the author in his writing. Did he use a lot of imagery? Did he use a lot of synonyms, metaphors, uh, personification? You could go into a whole literary element and have uh, examples and pictures that come to mind using those literary devices and then putting them on the board and then maybe even labeling them and putting a quote from the story with the metaphor or the synonym. So you've got the, you have to understand the definition of what it is. You have to be able to uh, identify it in the book. You need to be able to pull the quote out and then apply it in, on the uh, board by getting a picture that exemplifies that literary device. And then you have all of it on the board with the definition or the quote and the picture giving the example of one of those. So you're using a lot of different thinking skills and at the same time covering a different lot of literary techniques. So you can use a combination of words and pictures. And you can, instead of just focusing on one thing, you can focus on three different things. Since this board is split up into threes, you can have a different um, concept for each fold of the board. Then there's some drawing projects for those visual learners. But you can come up with a book jacket for the book, um, again, having to do with the character or a main event or a theme, um, something that might have been a favorite of the reader. And they can not uh, use the book jacket that's already there, but create a whole new one based on what they found that they enjoyed the most out of the book. And or draw a comic strip of the most uh, important theme or the most important characters to tip to explain, again, what the character is like and do a character analysis in the comic strip to really share their personality. And then also a collage of pictures, whether it's drawing or coming off the computer or cutting out of magazines or constructing them on the computer and drawing them on the computer, some kind of a collage show, showing main events, 
the theme or characters of the story. Another idea would be a flip book, making a flip book um, with the different characters and depicting who they are, again, or a theme or the main events. And then you can also construct trading cards. So the trading cards you could have of different events in the story, again, the theme, the different elements of the theme of the story, and then, or even a trading card for each character. And then what you decide to put on the back of each trading card would again share with us who that character is and not only physically, but personality wise, and maybe the importance that they played in the story. So the trading cards are a neat idea too. Now, if you have a sewer, someone who enjoys sewing or wants to learn how to sew, a mini quilt is a fun different idea where you can construct pictures with scenes or symbols, again, for the events, the characters, or the theme, or a combination of all of them to include in the quilt. And then when you're all done, you have a real um, great broad view of what the book was about. And that would be a fun um, kind of thing, especially if your learner enjoyed something about the book that they wanted to remember. And something, again, now for a linear thinker, someone who's organized, who likes everything structured and formatted, and they're not the kind of artsy crafty kind of project sort of learner, you might want to look into different kinds of charts. And you can include a certain type of chart to do the to uh, complete alongside the book. And that would be a project for that kind of learner. I've done that as well. So after reading a book, depending upon what you want to discuss about with the book, you can take a chart decide what kind of chart you want to do, as well as what kind of information you want your learner to pull out while they're reading the book. It's important with a chart to have that chart next to them so that they can fill it out while they're reading. Now, you can discuss various parts of a plot. You can uh, discuss various parts of a plot map in the sequence of events. You can sketch out a flow chart of the most important events. You can also do a cause and effect sequence or a cause and effect type chart with separate events and the corresponding results of each event. So if you've got a thinker that leans towards something like that, that might be the type of project you want to look at because so far we've looked at some pretty creative ones. This one is more for the, the thinker that's more of your mathy person that might enjoy something like this. A timeline might be another idea where you can sketch out the sequence of events of a plot instead of drawing a plot map. And then when discussing characters and doing a character analysis, where you want to describe different personalities, characteristics, and motivations of the characters, another type of thing you can include might be a Venn diagram. And here your, your learner's learning about a Venn diagram. And you, you can also do a compare and contrast chart between characters as well, um, where you've got each character has a section and you're writing about the similarities with different characters and then the differences with different characters. But a Venn diagram is a great visual exercise to do where you've got separate circles, one circle for each character, where you're describing each character in those circles and you keep them separate from one another with whatever they have that's different from all the other characters. But then anything that they have in common you can have that circle overlap with another character and then write the common characteristics in that overlapping part of the circle. And this would really appeal to your more logical learners and your visual learners. 
So if you have a learner who does enjoy math, this project might be what you want to include in your literature study. Another type of chart to consider um, is with certain types of books, uh, one with an analogy such as Pilgrim's Progress or Animal Farm, where the characters and the places and events represent other concepts, you can have an analogy chart that can be very effective where, for instance, in Animal Farm, you have different pigs and animals that represent different famous people from the Russian Revolution. So you could write out who represent what, what pig represents uh, Trotsky, what pig represents the working class during the Russian Revolution, and so on. So having some sort of a chart like that where your child is reading a book, and, and then also with Pilgrim's Progress, where each uh, place they visit, different people they encounter, different situations that they encounter represents something else in Christianity. So if you keep a chart of what each thing is encountered in the book and what it represents in another line of the chart, that really helps them to understand the book more fully. And then it also organizes their thoughts. And then you can look back at it when you're done with the book. So that is for your really, that's something that your organized thinker is going to be geared toward. Then you have a literary devices chart. Um, again, where you're taking notes about what kind of literary devices your reader can find in a book. How many metaphors can they find? Write down different examples in the page number of the metaphor that they find while they're reading. Same thing for synonyms, personification, imagery, onomatopoeia. Um, I could go on, hyperbole, <laughs> so alliteration. So that's a good way to practice. First, first learn the definition then practice identifying, and then writing down quotes of different literary devices while they're reading. And then you can also come up with a compare and contrast chart for two different books, maybe written by the same author or from different authors, and then just compare and contrast those books. Now, if you do two different books, you want to have something in common, whether it's the setting, whether it's the theme, um, and so that they have something in common and they're not just totally two different books. Then you can do go ahead and do a compare and contrast. The same thing with the author's books. Now the author's books, they're, the thing they have in common is probably the same writing style because it's written by the same author. And then you could do a compare and contrast between the two books from the same author. For your creative and techie type learners, you can look into um, online programs where you can create what's called a Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E. And it's where you input certain words that represent maybe what the theme of the story is or different characteristics of the main character. And then this program would go ahead and construct um, something that would be like a cloud kind of formation with all the different words and make a wordle for you. And then, of course, your learner, you'd want them to go ahead and go through that Wordle with you and describe the significance of everything that they had put into the Wordle. Now for your more auditory learners, you can include things that would be more drama and expressiveness and have the character stand up and uh, your learner could be the character and express who this character is. And that would be a character analysis, bringing that character to life. They can either come up with a summary or even a written monologue of 
something that that character would be saying in the story or use even a monologue of certain kinds that are expressed by the character in that story and then perform it. They may even want to go so far as to put together a costume that they can envision the character wearing and again inferring these from descriptions in the book about what the character might wear. And then there's different kinds of skills here where the learner's interpreting what they're reading, they're inferencing what the character looks like, what they would wear, and then their physical mannerisms and behavior while they're standing there and talking and their facial expressions. And that's all a character analysis, but you're actually performing it. So it's not this fluffy thing. It's focused on concepts of literary analysis, but also applying thinking skills of different kinds and levels. Another variation of this would be an oral dramatic presentation, again, where your learner not becomes the character, but the author. And the author presents a book and discusses an a certain aspect of the story or his point of view or the purpose. Again, that's another concept, the author's purpose in writing the story. Or the author talks about the events and how they play on one another and how they lead up to the conclusion or the characters or particular writing techniques that he might have used. And if you want, so if you want to focus on the writing techniques and imagery and literary devices, that would be something that you could have your learner talk about as the author and how he wrote the story. Instead of pretending to be the character, um, your learner may have really enjoyed or was affected by a particular scene that was described in the story. And you can have your learner take that section of the book and practice doing a dramatic reading of that scene and perform that for you. And then maybe have a question and answer chit chat session or relate to you why they chose that section, the significance it had on them and to the story. And you'll see by their interpretation that they're now Going, they're now analyzing mood, or they're analyzing the tone of the story, and how did the author set the tone? What words did they use? How did they express themselves? And then the mood of the story would be the feeling that as the reader, what did the reader get and, and walk away with? So that's another great skill. And if you're, you have learners who enjoy arguing and who tend to be on the track to be the lawyers <laughs> in your family, your learner can come up with a mock trial. And depending upon the story and the characters involved, um, you would want to have maybe the character was doing something in the story and you could put them on trial for something and they could recreate a whole uh, mock trial. Now, you might have some artsy crafty learners and they may um, entertain the idea of becoming a teacher or a librarian. They may enjoy the idea of creating puppets for characters, and in those puppets, again, doing a character analysis with the physical and personality characteristics. They could focus on scenery and the setting, time, place of the story. They could really make an elaborate puppet show and really do some scenery um, for their puppet show, the set, the program, the tickets, the whole thing. Um, and that would, again, use a lot of different skills and they would really have to understand the book. If you have someone who's musically inclined and loves music, plays an instrument, sings, maybe they might want to write a poem or a song or a rap and then perform it, having something to do with the, the book. Characters, theme, plot, use the same literary devices as the author. And then something for um, those kids who like talking uh, and socializing. Again, in the last podcast, I mentioned a book club. 
you um, might want to go ahead and put together some sort of a book club physically, or there's some that are online. Some people put together their own book club online. And this can include just group discussions, and that's it about a particular book. Or you can put together a tea and have everyone kind of sit and chat about the book over tea or some sort of a social or party around the book. And it can be as elaborate as dressing up as the characters from the book, having food from the story, playing games centered around the story or the theme of the book, um, or just having a plain discussion around a table. And again, for those talkers that you have, audio or video recording is also a fun thing to do. I had my son did a simulation of a talk show with his brother where the, there was an interviewer and then the main character was being interviewed and the, the host was interviewing the character, as I said, but they can also interview an author of a book and you can record it like a radio show or a podcast, or you can even do video. So if you have those who enjoy doing video, you could come up with costumes and a setting and then the conversation or the interview can focus on any literary aspect of the story you want to focus on. And then also those old time radio plays are kind of neat to learn about where they had all the sound effects and the characters had different voices that they used to do before television. And you can learn about that if you want to. And then maybe if your learner shows the interest, they can perform a scene um, with a radio play with their own sound effects and record that and have different people come up with different character voices and they can reenact a different scene, a specific scene from the book. And that can be a lot of fun. And um, now for videos, not only can you do an interview, but you can also take advantage of maybe the idea if your learner might be interested in the news um, or movies. And they can be a news reporter and reporting about the book's events or characters. They can produce some kind of a movie trailer about the book using either themselves and videotape it or some kind of fun software out there. They can put together some sort of animation, PowerPoint slideshows, Prezi presentations can all be converted to movies, um, maybe even a commercial about the book or a sales pitch for the book and record and video that. And now if you have a game player, and again, this can be even kinesthetic, depending upon how they construct it. You can put together some sort of a game uh, board for the book. And I've had students really take this idea and just run with it. They had playing pieces or tokens for the characters or symbols from a book. And the board game could be as simple as shoots and ladders, kind of painted out on a piece of uh, cardboard or poster board. Or it can be something as complex as a map of the Middle Kingdom from the Lord of the Rings. And I've had both. and But they were all a lot of fun because they really put in a lot of effort into maybe things like task cards, where the player would draw a card when they landed on a certain spot. And it maybe it was a task they had to do or a consequence. They had to go back so many spaces or go ahead so many spaces or pay a certain amount of money. And then they drew the card and they were rewarded or penalized by that card. Some games included collecting significant tokens or items that they had to the, the uh, characters had to accumulate on the way in order to get to the finish line. Or the players just simply had to get to the finish line. And the kids constructed dice. They constructed spinners. 
um, different ways in, or even cards to tell them how many spaces to move forward. So the sky's the limits. They also came up with a list of rules and how to play the game. And then they demonstrated it and explained the significance of all the different pieces that they included in the game with the components and the tokens and uh, how they drew the board, um, everything. And then everyone sat down and played the game. And I'm telling you, it was absolutely extraordinary what they were able to come up with. And another type of game doesn't have to be a game board. It can be just a game that they play, like a parlor type game or a scavenger hunt type game. So if you've got someone who enjoys games, that's something to include there. Now, another idea, lastly, and I've given you a long list of different varieties of things to choose from. I have had some students where reading and writing were a major challenge and they really shined in the kitchen. They loved it. That was their passion. So for a project for them after a book, they were going to bake a cake. They decorated the cake to reflect the theme of the book and it was elaborate. And they did the fondant and they did the whole, uh, I can't even describe how much they added to this. And then they were able to explain the significance of everything that they included in this cake and on top of this cake and the direct decorations and how it related to the book. And the pressure was off of them as far as writing and putting together some sort of an organized, structured um, presentation and report. Uh, they were able to use their interests and their talents that they felt very confident in. And they actually enjoyed being able to share this because that was a talent that they could share but it related to what they were reading about in the book. So you see, if you take a moment and think outside the box, take a look at your learner and their personal interests, their talents and their abilities, what they feel good about, you can include those to come up with a way to study literature that would emphasize their personal strengths and interests. And you can still practice various thinking skills and literary concepts and analysis. And it doesn't have to be dry and boring. So I hope you have found these ideas helpful and are excited to try some of them with your own learner after you finish reading your next book. Next month, we're going to be looking at the benefits of reading the classics. So stay tuned for that. And remember to subscribe to this podcast and download it to have it handy to listen to later because I've really packed in a lot of different things in here and to keep up with all these different ideas and so you won't miss an episode. Also, be sure to share with your fellow homeschoolers so that they can try out some of these ideas too. So until next month, thanks again for listening and enjoy your homeschool journey. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to visit me at literarycafepodcast.com for this podcast and others and at katieshomeschoolcottage.com for even more ideas and resources for you to use in your homeschool journey. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcast apps. Look for the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show to keep up to date with all our wonderful podcasts. For a special subscriber printable pack, as well as all our timely freebies, join our email list on 
the ultimate homeschool radio network.com. <laughs>